podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, this is Naishad Gadani coming to you from sunny Melbourne. It's beautiful outside. Uh, why can I say it's beautiful? Because I can see it's sunny and you can see that I'm not using any artificial lights. The glow is coming out of, uh, you, know, the, you know, it's a reflection of the sun, but it's a sensational day down in Melbourne. And I hope you are also having a great day where you are listening this uh, LinkedIn live from. As I said, uh, I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under, and I have been doing this LinkedIn Live with the collaborator of the show, Caroline Brown, for uh, 10, 10 weeks. So this is our 10th week in motion, and this would be our 47th episode, or probably 48th. I've just made a typo there. 48th episode together. It's been a fantastic journey so far. And we really uh, you know, are enjoying also the 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 discussions offline that we are having with those who are watching this and the questions that we are getting. So keep it coming because we would love to get your question answered. That would be the most important uh, you know, thing for us. Um, if we try to get all the questions as we can. Uh, so if you got question, please throw that straight away rather than waiting uh, for your turn. Just throw that straight away. Uh, but why we do uh, LinkedIn Live is because we want to deliver a message of hope and optimism in this uh, uncertain time. So that's why we do this. We bring different guest ideas, insights and perspectives uh, to you so that you can survive and thrive these uncertain times. So let me welcome uh, the collaborator of the show, Caroline Brown. Thanks, Nishad. It is such a beautiful day. I, I snuck off down the beach for a quick walk and uh, there's a few kayakers out there and I'm like, damn, should have brought the kayak. So, um, yeah, it is a lovely day. And although, you know, winter's on us, hopefully we'll have a few more like this as well. So um, today we've got Tom Broxham. Now, Tom, we were just chatting before um, we went live about the power of an interesting story on your LinkedIn profile. Um, around you know who you are, but but what you do as well. So um, we're talking to Tom about the power of networking. Tom trains people on networking. Um, he's got an interesting story, I believe, around finding your 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 jobs through through networking, and also with the added sort of uh, challenge of going from one country to the next and trying to find a job. So today we're having a chat to Tom. Um, Tom. A great place to start would be if you give people a rundown of, of um, who you are and, and what you actually do, and then we'll kick off with some questions, I think. Okay. So my name is Tom, and I'm living in New Zealand, and I originally came from Canada, and that's where I grew up. I, did, I worked in uh, Alberta, Canada for eight years, and I was in the oil and gas industry. Eventually, I decided... Uh, I want to change. Let's go do a bit of traveling. 
And just as I decided to start traveling, the oil and gas industry in Alberta, Canada tanked. So it was kind of good timing for me. And eventually I wound up in New Zealand and I was going to come here for a couple of weeks just to see what happens. I was able to get a holiday working visa and I thought, ah, all right, let's, let's go over and kind of see what I can do. I traveled around for a little bit, but as I was here and I tried to find work, I really struggled to find work. And I was told, well, you have a holiday working visa, so can you actually speak English? And I, well, that's the only language I actually know how to speak. And then I was told, well, we can't do anything for you because you don't have any local experience. And they'd say, well, we need you to have two weeks of local experience and then you're golden. Well, uh, I'm not sure what two weeks is going to do for you, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> and uh, I started dating a girl here. Eventually I went back to Canada and then she dragged me back over and told me, no, you're coming back to New Zealand and that's just what's going to happen. And so I've come back to New Zealand and I work in accounting and on the side, I do networking. And what I do for networking quite often is I talk about the fear of networking. And I know a lot of people don't like to network or they just say they're afraid to. So this is where I come in and I talk mm -hmm. to them about my stories of networking. And one of the things I like to talk to them about is how I overcame my fear of the water. I drowned when I was three and I had three near drowning experiences. One of them was last year. Wow. And so if I can overcome that, then I think you can learn how to talk to strangers. <laughs> Gee, that's so, so interesting. I mean, number one fear they say is public, public speaking type thing. But so drowning, was it... What what was the connection between having that drowning experience and and you know overcoming the fear of networking? Was it really that? Gosh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. How bad is networking, or was it some other sort of thought process there? Some was just the thought process around it. So yeah. whenever I go into the water, I have to sit there for a couple of seconds and just think and just just breathe and catch my breath. Yeah. Before I go into some networking events, like I'm talking about very large networking events, I might just have to sit there for a couple of seconds and think and just breathe before I go in there. Mm. Once I start to talk, I'm okay. Now, mm. public speaking used to be my biggest weakness and I hated doing it. Now it's what I consider my greatest strength. Mm. But before I go on, it's the same reaction where I get a little bit nervous before I go and do it. Once I start to talk, all the fear goes away. Mm. And so it doesn't quite really matter what fear it is, as long as you know what to do with those fears. Mm. Sometimes so, I was going to say, uh, they say with fear, like the brain just processes whatever it is in the same way. So whether it's a verbal attack or a physical fear, your brain processes that um, in the same way. So, you still feel the fear, but you kind of, you do it anyway. Is that, is that how it goes? That's exactly what happens. Yeah. And like when it comes to fear, you've got two choices. You can either face that fear and rise above it, or you mm. can just run away from the fear. Mm. And that's how we're built. We're either going to, it's that fight or fight. We're either going to run away from it or we're going to, we're going to face it. Mm. And for me, it's just being able to catch that right breath. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk to people, it's about, okay, 
if you're afraid of networking, is there different things that we can do around this or are there different aspects of it? So if you're to take an example of, of learning to swim, maybe you don't want to jump in the deep end right away. Maybe you want to go into the, the little kitty section, which is where I started at three feet deep. But when you're networking, maybe you don't want to go into that room of 300 people. Mm. Maybe you might only want to go into a room of three people. Mm. And before we even began, I saw one of the questions earlier where someone said, can you talk about what happens if you're shy and quiet and insecure? Mm. I'm going to give you a little tip on that, but I'm going to wait a while till I give you that tip. But I do have some really good tips for people who are shy or insecure. So you're going to give everything away. Okay, um, I know I'm deviating off script, but it's along the same lines anyway. What, right. Why? Why do people fear it? Do you think why? Why is networking or public speaking fearful for people? Some of it is because of how they react around networking or what they want to do. Quite often, people think networking is just getting a job, mm. and that's one of the worst things to do. Is just, Carolyn, do you have a job for me? Mm. No, you don't. Oh. All right. Do you have a job for me? No. Well, this kind of sucks. I'm getting rejected <laughs> twice here now. But so many people, that's all they think about with networking. And what they don't realize is right now we're networking. Mm. And we're not even talking about, do you have a job for me or can you help me out? Mm. But quite often, it's just people are just thinking about that aspect. So they're worried about getting rejected. Mm. Migrants, I know, are always worried that English isn't their first language. But most of the migrants I've met, their English is better than most English-speaking mm. people. Mm. And they'll always say, well, I, I'm, I'm nervous about talking in front of people. You know, Well, if you can't talk in front of us, what happens when you go and start working in your new country and mm. you have to talk English? Mm. Are you going to be able to talk to people about what it is you're actually doing or not? Mm. And if you can't talk about, uh, you know, this is where I come from and this is what I want to do, you're going to really struggle when you actually enter the workforce before mm. you even work, enter the workforce, just trying to be able to get that interview and get through an interview. You're really going to struggle through it. And I haven't met any migrant yet that was not able to flawlessly speak English. Mm. It was just that fear around it. Mm. But I, I know a lot of people talk about well, I'm worried about being rejected. The biggest rejection I think I ever got when networking was I told people uh, in, in a networking event, yeah, I, I talked to people about the fear of networking. And the person just responded with, cool. Cool. And I'm like, oh, I guess this conversation's done. <laughs> but I, I haven't had anybody say to me, no, I, I, I don't want to network with you or I don't want to talk with you. Yeah. Occasionally on LinkedIn, you, you might get someone who is not interested in, in talking with you or having a coffee with you. And that's okay. If they don't want to, there's a few million other people on LinkedIn that might want to be able to connect with me instead. That makes sense. Yeah, that's right. I think I like the analogy of, of really not going into 300 people event, really dismantling it. I can only think about, I was teaching my son how to do fractions. And I know in my head what fractions are, but I have to really make it, very simple so that he sees the wins there. If he sees the wins, oh, I can do it in half. It's easy. 
I can do it in, in yeah. if I divide half, then I get quarter. That's easy. Then I think he's more inspired to take on complicated tasks. Similar about networking that I take from here is that you got to you, you got to take at a speed pace that works for you, rather than thinking about oh God, Tom, look at Tom, he goes and you know goes into 400 people, even comes out with 40 cars. I can't even bloody get one business card, right? <laughs> so then there is then there is this this competition of that I need to uh, you know get some you know cards and get some kind of you know there's, there's increased pressure on us isn't it tom when we go to networking events it's not so it's not that anybody has said that but by default what it says when you go to the networking event is that you come out of there with at least five to seven meetings or five to seven coffee or five to seven business cards how do you personally have dealt with that and what are your tips around how do people deal with this kind of pressure so I know that very well because I used to be that person that would go into the room of 300 people and a couple of times I walked right back out and I was like, that's it. I'm not doing this. And then at times, well, I've only talked to one person. I'm like, oh, what good is this? But you know what? That's good enough for me. If I go into that room and I can only talk to two or three people and if I only get one meeting, that's fine because that's where I am but I know other areas where I network better and other people can't do that area of networking. My actually best networking is when I do public speaking. Cause after mm -hmm. I go to an event, talk in front of 300 people. Now I have 300 people want to come talk to me. So it works easier for me, but I know other people, they can go into that room with 300 people, talk to all 300 of them, but they can do it without having to, you know, talk in front of people. Mm -hmm. But when you're going in there, you do have to realize like, what are my strengths and how many people do I want to talk to? If mm. I'm an introvert, maybe I only want to talk to two or three people, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with having a network of two or three people. I would rather have a strong network of 20 people than a very weak network of 300 people. Mm. Same with when you're on LinkedIn. And you see some people that have thousands of connections. But how many people are they actually connected with and mm -hmm. can actually talk with? And so for me, one of the big things was just getting that into my head of, you know what, I, I don't need to talk to everybody in that room. But one of the other things I've learned is to look for gaps when you go into a room. Now, this one was hard and I'm, I'm gonna to try to show you as best I can here. But let's say we're all talking together, right? Right now, like nobody can come into the sides of us because mm. we're all facing each other. But if all of a sudden I'm kind of facing to the side, someone could enter in from the other side. And once I, I found out that there was these gaps in rooms, I would start walking into a room and looking for these gaps. Mm. Or I would look for someone that I already know, especially um, someone who's running the event or a recruiter, because they will go and introduce me to other people. And mm. that can take all the pressure off. But once you find that gap, it's easy to be able to, to get in. Now, a couple of times I would talk to people about these gaps and we were in a really tight group. And then they'd say, well, let's give it a try. We would open up this little gap and almost on cue, every single time someone would be, oh, and they would come right into where the gap is. And it, it, it every time it happens and people are like, oh, I, 
I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing, but once I did, it made easier to be able to go into those rooms to find those gaps. Mm. And well, it was funny, like such a small tip. No, it's a great tip. And my fear in networking is I go up to a group, right, and they just remain closed and I feel like, you know, the, the um, I can't even think of the term, but, you know, a complete loser, an outsider because nobody's acknowledged my presence. So when I'm... <laughs> When I'm in yeah. a room and in a, in a group, I always keep a radar out for who's around and shift around if I see them wandering over. But even I love that of, you know, if you're in a group to keep a space as well. So when you do enter, when you when you do get into the gap, how do you, what's a great sort of icebreaker or how do you join the conversation in, in that scenario? That can be a tough one. Mm. And sometimes it's, this is where it can really help if you actually already know somebody in that gap mm. because they can just introduce you. Otherwise, at times, it's it really is that smile. Hi, my mm. name is Tom. This mm. is what I do. Mm. And sometimes that's enough. And other times it's, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's knowing how, okay, this is not going well. Let's go see if I can enter another area. Mm. And sometimes you need to look for someone who's just got that natural beautiful smile and they're just mm. you can tell you want to talk with them because mm. they just want to network with everybody around mm. and a couple times i've been at an event and i'm looking around and i see this one person who just they just look open mm. and like like their hands are out and, and they're not just sitting like this and you can tell that they want to talk to other people mm. so i'll go up and try to introduce myself to that person and sometimes it depends on where you're at. Like I do a lot of uh, hiking and I spend a lot of time in the outdoors. So if I go to a networking event that's more based around that, one, it's easier because it's your hobby. And mm. also it's you already have something you can talk about. And sometimes it could be uh, one of the events here. It's the um, Wellington newcomers. So you mm. go there and, hey, where are you from or what do you do? Mm. And it sometimes it's based on what's actually going on there that's how you can enter in and sometimes the icebreakers are just as small as hi my name is tom mm. don't make yeah. it too complicated <laughs> yeah it's funny i was thinking that like i when i'm i was in sydney for many years i returned to melbourne and um you know all of my school friends and years uni friends years and years and years ago completely it's like coming back to a new town and i joined a hiking hiking groups and meet up and you know, just the act of you're doing something you love together with a bunch of people. I always knew that I, you know, you just fall into step and naturally fall in, into conversation and it's very easy. Yeah. But I did your strategy. Yes. My first meetup group, I, I made sure that there was only two or three people there on that hike because I thought okay. it would just be easier that way to not, um, you know, to not sort of try and intimidate myself out of going to something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You got a and question. Sometimes, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, we had a question at the very beginning of the event, and then we'll uh, pick up your thoughts. So the question is uh, from David. He's asking, how do you keep the momentum going in networking without being seen as a stalker? Now, <laughs> <laughs> I think I would need more information in the sense of. 
are you looking at someone's LinkedIn profile a hundred times a day or are you at the networking event and you're just following around the one person? It depends. Um, and some people cannot read other people as well. So it, it really can depend on, on what you mean by how do I not look like a stalker? <laughs> I think that I, 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 I can probably just, you know, uh, put, you know, in, in terms of, you know, elaborate, it hasn't been elaborated by David, but what I think is in certain times when you, you know, when you go to networking events, you kind of meet the same people, same person, and you kind of oh, you know, yeah. ask them, yeah. oh, how, how things are, did you get that job, did you do this, then you check out the LinkedIn profile, then you are talking to them on the phone, sending LinkedIn messages and everything, that is, you know, in a way, it, it might just be that you are curious or you just want to make this you want to hang on to that because that's what I've, I have also observed even for myself too is that if I know someone right and if I meet them I I feel that they are I'm a cliffhanger right I you know if they yeah. if they go away from this meeting then I'm lost where am I going to where's my anchor right and and I think that so yeah, I think yeah. that we got a clarification it's more about approaching companies for work so from that context, uh, you know, my my thinking is, and you know, KB and uh, you know, Tom, you can pitch in with your thoughts. Is that what's more important is the intention. I think I yeah. think our intentions travel faster than even before we speak, and sometimes our um, you know our intentions of you know people can figure out. I think. I think you don't need to go and you know, do anything. If you go and look at in your family and friends, my son comes and says, hi, dad, I really love you. I had a great day today. And I'm, I'm thinking, what do you want, son? <laughs> right? So I think that, you know, that travels much faster, right? So this is, this yeah. is my simple philosophy. If your intention is clear, I'm not asking you to go to Himalayas and get your intention clear, but, but just, just you know, quickly think about What's my real intention? I know everyone's real intention is to get a job. Okay, so let's put that aside for a moment. What other intention that you can generate or you can think about, which which may not create a pressure on them because you don't want to obviously look look dodgy and clingy and all those things that oh god here I go it's a nation again oh god <laughs> you don't want to you don't want somebody to even feel that way right. So, so that's yeah. my my view is, is to be clear on the intention. But what are your thoughts, Tom, and then KB? You know, I think that's exactly it. It's just be clear on what you're trying to do, and if you are going to a company again and again and again and again, you might want to think about why you're going to that company again and again and again, and and just how you're doing it. Now, if you are going to someone's LinkedIn profile and if you're going on there 100 times a day, you might want to go and just send them a little message. You know, I, I thought it was really interesting what you're doing here or I'm looking at a little bit of information about a, a certain area or you could put it on private so some can't see that you're going on there 100 times a day. But mm. you do really need to think about what you're doing and, and why you're doing that. Mm. I think if you're comfortable with... Um, like it's almost like like when when I've worked with people and I do work with people coaching them on approaching companies directly and um, there's always a certain amount of rejections. There's also you know follow up once or twice, but then you know move on. 
you know, because then it does become a little bit desperate and a little bit stalky and and that kind of thing. So, um, and you know, just respecting other people's other people's time around that. But there's nothing wrong. Like it's almost like you've got to also give yourself um, like kudos for trying. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to work, sincerely wanting to work or meet meet somebody. But also, I think just having that give yourself some choices. You've got choices. You know, if you, if you feel like you're being too creepy or stalky or needy or whatever, you've got choices. Like in your exploration of the job market can just be about uncovering and understanding what it is that you're wanting to do, whether that's a good profession, a good company, a good boss, whatever. But it doesn't, you know, you don't, don't make it all that that person or that company is going to have to fulfil every single need that you have because then that comes across as being um, desperate and, and stalky, I think. So, and ties back to what you guys are saying about intention. Yeah. And Tom, how did you score your jobs? Because that's that's the juiciest <laughs> part of the story. Tell, tell us a little bit about how did you score a job through networking? So... 13 of the 14 jobs that I've had have either been internal promotions or through networking. Mm. So vir virtually every single job I've had was not even advertised. Maybe advertised internally, that was it. So I had bad luck when I first came to New Zealand. And knowing that when I was, my wife convinced me to come back, oh geez, am I gonna be stuck with manual labor? Can I even get any work? Mm. And when I first came here, I was on a tourist visa, so I could not work. And because I couldn't work, all of my time was spent networking. Before I even landed here, I already had a coffee meeting with someone. And the, the way I got that coffee meeting was through LinkedIn. My wife joined LinkedIn, and she works for biosecurity, uh, Ministry of Primary Industries. Typically, someone like that doesn't join LinkedIn. So she joined, found a recruiter friend in the UK, the recruiter said, oh, you need to talk to Scott King in Wellington. He will help you out. So I, I had a call with Scott. We chatted a little bit. He said, I can't help you today, but as soon as you come to Wellington, let me know. We'll go for coffee, and I can guarantee you I'm going to help you. Mm. A few weeks later on, I was in Wellington. We met up for coffee. He introduced me to some of the other recruiters. And I had a ritual throughout my week, and what I would do is – Sunday night, I would take a look what's going on on Eventbrite or Event Finder, Meetup. Let's see some different networking events that I could possibly go to. The other thing I did a lot of was Toastmasters. The reason why I did Toastmasters, I love public speaking. It's my passion. And if I go there and I talk for two minutes, now I've given the room a reason to come talk to me. Mm. And occasionally what would happen is I'd meet someone, I'd go for coffee with them the next day, and then they would tell me of another meetup to go to. And sometimes that's the way it would work. Mm. So besides that, I spent a lot of time just working out to make myself feel good and comfortable. And I had nothing else to do, so I might as well go to the gym. But I was always, uh, at least once a week, I had a coffee with someone new. Mm. And three months later on, I got a call from Scott, who I, who I met previously. And he said, uh, you know, how are things going? And uh, do you want to go for an interview? I'm like, well, I, I don't have, a, you know, a visa or anything yet. He's like, well, you should 
just go for it to see what happens. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I went for an interview and they're like, oh yeah, we really like this guy and we really want him, but does he have a visa? And then Scott's like, well, what's going on? Can you get a visa? I call my immigration advisor and they're like, oh yeah, it's approved. So Scott, I will take the job after all. <laughs> so the day I got my visa, I had an interview and I got my first contract. The only reason why I got those that quickly was because of the networking that I did mm. and all the recruiters that I met and all the other people that I've been networking with for the last three months. From that job, I was still talking to other recruiters and still doing some networking on the side. I was always meeting someone else. Mm. And then after I left that contract, shortly after I had another recruiter who I met earlier and he called me and said, Hey, do you want to come uh, take this role? All right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. While I was on this role, I had another recruiter call me. So I, I saw your post, Tom, and uh, I just wanted to see uh, if maybe we can get you to take this other role instead. And I kept on having recruiters call me. And part of that was because I was posting on LinkedIn or I was sending them a message, just keeping in contact with these people. Mm. Now what I do is I'm always posting on LinkedIn now. But one of the things I do with LinkedIn as well, too, is it's not just the messages that I have on mine. It's going to other people's. And this is how we actually all got connected. And mm. I think it's important to talk about how I got here today. Mm. A few months ago, I, I started posting again and again and again on LinkedIn. And I started doing some videos. And a couple months ago, I met uh, Vinish. And if you're not connected with him, he's a really good person to be connected with in Melbourne. And I think, I can't remember if that's how we connected or not. It's been a little while and I've met so many people the last little while. But sometimes it's not the person you know. It might be the person that they know or mm. the person that that person knows. But all I've done is I've just kept in contact with the recruiters, made really good relationships with them. Mm. And some of the jobs I've taken, yep. Yeah. Tom, I was going to ask because I think, um, you know, one of the things I think people struggle with is the, the idea that they can contact people. So wait, if you're, say, going for a coffee, what, how does that come about? What, how, do you, how do you make that happen with, with somebody that you might be interested in, you know, getting to know a bit better? So there are some people right now that I've sent messages out to go for coffee with. Uh, mm. a virtual coffee for now mm. I actually had one person say well isn't that kind of hard to do a coffee right now but I will just ask them like sometimes I might say hey I'm really interested in what you're doing mm. or, or I would like to know a little bit more about uh, this and there's certain things that I'm trying to do with my business and I'm trying to find out more information on if someone's an expert on it, I will say to them, like, look, I know you're an expert in this field. This is what I want to do. Can mm. I get a little bit of help? Or can I get some guidance? Or mm. can we just have a coffee and chat? And other times it's people that I've connected with, haven't chatted with in a while. And since we were on lockdown, it was, hey, do you want to um, have a coffee and, and, and talk for a bit? Mm. And it, it, it really depends on who the person is and what I'm looking for. But sometimes mm. it's just a matter of just sending out the message and saying, yeah. hey, do you want to go for a coffee? 
Most people oh, will do it, especially in yeah. Wellington. It's a big coffee culture. Yeah. It's funny. I want to start a trending hashtag. Just It's called hashtag just ask. You know, just ask. 50% of people, 60% of people will say yes. Um, which uh, I mean, I've found that. And everybody else is, you know. I mean, you, you, I always find with this stuff, you need you need to care while you're about it, while you're emailing or reaching out and being very sincere and caring about it um, and send it and leave it and think no more about it yeah. because it could be a yes, it could be a no, whatever, but that's it, you know, like be sincere but then leave it because otherwise you can obsess for a long time and stop yourself doing it again um, because it also you need to, like it is a numbers game too, you need to put it, put yourself yes. out there for for people to come back and I also say with my clients you know if you go well you're going to get about 50 to 60 percent of people will say yes so if you get more than that great if you get less than that you need to change something in your approach but uh yeah one of my clients had well, it, a it only takes fantastic uh you know story uh you know he um you know like you know tom and me we came to you know tom went to new zealand i came here and you know I told him, I said, you've got to network. And we did some strategy sessions. And then he was, he said after a couple of weeks, he said he landed four interviews. I said, how did you land four interviews? He said, you told me to network. I said, yeah, I did. But what did you do? He said, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm single. I got no family here. I love beer. So I would go on the local pub every Saturday, Sunday, and would chat to somebody sitting next to me. And in two weeks' time, I landed four interviews. I didn't get any job, but I hey. I yeah. landed four interviews. How great is that? Now, now caution. I'm not asking you to become an alcoholic to get interviews, by the way. But my point is, my, my point is that you are, you know, you got to, you got to do what you, what you, what you find joy because that's also networking. Like KB, how you did, you know, with hiking, and you know, mm -hmm. you know, Tom, you did with, you know, your, you know, Toastmasters. I think if you. If you love running, you know there might be running meetups. If you love yoga, there might be yoga meetups, right? So you got to you got to you know also you know have that anchor as well. Not just a I have to go and attend this recruiter meetup or to go this attend to the the engineers Australia meetup. That's where I will find. No, you'll find people everywhere. It's just not you know just not there. And I find. That those places, people who have got jobs, they have got their blinkers on too. They don't want to divulge too many things because otherwise people will cling on to them. People will not leave them, right? So that's why they will also not do it. But if you meet them in a yoga class, they are more relaxed, right? Not that only yoga <laughs> makes them relaxed, but they are more relaxed anyway. They are more. They they are more they they are more friendlier in that sense. So that's my view. So that's what I think. You know, yeah. you know, one should look at. But Tom, I, I interrupted you as saying something. Yeah, I, I agree with. And if you don't want to go to that room of three hundred people, go do one of your hobbies, mm. and see how many people you can meet that way, and see the people that you meet that way. So when I used to be in the outdoor club, you'd meet up in the group, and there would be eight to ten people, and you drive out to the area. So there's about two hour drive, plus the hike would be eight, 10 hours. You should go out for supper and then you'd have the drive back another two hours. So you're looking at a good solid day. 
And as you drop into, you know, the stranger's car, it would be, oh, what hikes have you done recently? Or what hikes do you want to do? Have you traveled? So what do you do for work anyways? Oh, you work in the oil and gas industry too. So do I. Oh, who do you work for? You would naturally talk about these things. But some of the best networking you do is when you're not networking. It's just when you're connecting with other people. That's why we have so much difficulty when you go into that room of 300 people because you're specifically just trying to network. And it's not natural for a lot of people to say, so this is what I do, this is what I'm looking for. It's easier for you to go and talk to people about the stuff that you really enjoy than it is to, I gotta go talk to a bunch of accountants and try to find an accounting job. I do not want to do this. And the thing about accountants too is they tend to be shy and quiet. So if you go into a networking event full of accountants, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's um, that tactic I think you alluded to earlier around, you know, go and chat to the organiser if it's hard or, you know. And we had Serena Lowe on this program who talks about intro, you know, introverts in business and hers was, you know, go and hand out the plate of food. It gives you an excuse to, you know, go around and, yes. and chat to people as well. So. Um, I did one where I um, wanted to get a, get to know a bunch of um, resources and headhunters and there's a conference that happens in Sydney. So I knew the organiser reasonably well and offered to look after the social media for the conference. So I was, I was a chief Twitter journalist type thing and everybody was following and liking my stuff and then I'd go and have a chat and, you know, just found a task at that conference to make it, um, you know, uh, less awkward and, and you've got that kind yeah. of easy entry into having a, a chat to people as well. So um, you can always do that kind of stuff, even at events. I mean, that's a great idea for any any event to go, can I promote it? Can I talk to the speakers? Can I, you know, use my Twitter or my LinkedIn to um, put updates yeah. about it? And, you know, all those tools make it really easy. Well, Absolutely. what works for you, you yeah. know? We got a question uh, for KB and uh, Tom both. So when you send someone a connection request and they accept that, is it a good idea to send a message saying that I'm looking for an opportunity or would like to have some uh, more guidance? Is it a good idea to ask them if they can refer me to someone uh, for help as well? Uh, so yeah, KB and then Tom, what are your thoughts on when somebody connects? Obviously, we don't know, uh, Preeti is asking the question, whether you're talking about a connection to a recruiter, an employer, mm -hmm. or someone mm -hmm. who is in a kind of a peer connection. Yeah. Uh, but what are some of the practices, KB and then Tom, uh, you know, you can suggest? Um, see, we've done basically found people on LinkedIn, strangers on LinkedIn that have been, um, that look interesting, right? So doing something that you want to do there might be a few rungs ahead or they've gone on your path. And we, we've sent in the connection message, like the 300 characters, really interested in your profile, love to networking perhaps, and perhaps get some career advice. And I use the word perhaps because it just takes the pressure off. And we've had people that have responded back to that saying, sure, what would you like to know? Um, which is then the opening, been an opening. So, um, it just sort of depends on the situation. Um, other times it's been, thank you for connecting. 
I'm really glad you did. And the reason I wanted to connect with you was blah, 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 and, and asked um, for, you know, if you could meet for some advice or um, that type of thing. That, that seems to work quite well. It's, it's kind of in the tone as well. So you don't want to sound too, we must meet. It's more, I'd appreciate your time. If, if you do have, you know, and that comes across in the tone and you can even use those words as well. So um, I I tend to say to people, while somebody's active, they're active. There's nothing wrong with being active on LinkedIn. You know, you know that they're there and in that space, so not to really hesitate. Um, I haven't had too many problems with that. But, yeah, Tom, be interested in what your experience is with that because, you know, different horses for different courses, I think. <sighs> I think it is really important what the tone is. Yeah. And it really is thanking them for the time. You know, I have had some people where I asked, uh, can you give me some advice? And they're like, well, you can uh, call me and uh, pay me $150 for, you know, the advice. And I'm like, no, that's not going to happen because I just don't want that. And other mm -hmm. times he said, no, I'm not going to help you out, but here's my email and I'm going to send you all this information that I, I really don't want. Mm. And I'm like, well, I, I'm not interested in that. But usually if you just ask people about, uh, can I get some advice around this? Mm. And usually it really helps if you say to them, like, I've really enjoyed some of the different things that you're yeah. writing about. Now, I've been getting more people connect with me and some of them are asking me straight up for a job. And other people are saying, I need some help with my networking. I have no problem with, with giving that kind of help. But mm. when someone asks me straight up for a job, mm. here's one of the difficult things about it. I'm not a recruiter mm. and I'm not a hiring manager, so I can't hire somebody. Mm. And you've just given me a closed question. It's, do you have this? No, I don't. And there, there, I can't follow up with that. Mm. And that's why it could be good to, can I get some advice? Or what do you think about this? Areas where it's a lot more open of a question. Mm -hmm. That way it's easier for them to be able to respond instead of just, nah, I've, I've got nothing for you. Mm -hmm. And when people have sent me a request and said, this is my experience, can you find me a job? If you can't find me a job, can you recommend me to somebody? Well, I don't really know who you are. And that's mm -hmm. also my reputation that's on the line too. Mm -hmm. And so I might be able to say, you can talk to this person. They might be able to help you out but it, it can depend on the tone that I'm getting from people. Mm. And one of the things that people do have to be careful with is when they are sending out requests and they sound really desperate, mm. scammers are living for that kind of thing. And it's, oh, you're desperate. All right, I love this. Mm. And I've had a couple of times where I'm like, this is seeming kind of dodgy to me. I, I don't like this. And I've had the odd time I said to the person, so, you're a scammer, right? And then they've completely alluded to that. I'm like, okay, yeah, you are. <laughs> but it, a lot of it does really depend around the tone and how you're presenting yourself to the people. Yeah, you, I, I've never recommended, yeah, that you, asking for a job immediately. I mean, it's if you're asking for advice it's, and there's a connection mm -hmm. and that person can see a possibility for you, that will come up. Um, but the first part, you know, jumping in and saying, hey, can you help me with the job is like asking somebody to marry you on the first date. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
All right, excellent, Tom. We don't have any more questions that has come, but are there any other things that we haven't asked you or talked about that you want to leave the audience with? Well, one of the things I said is, <laughs> I was going to give you a tip, and I actually am shy and an introvert, believe it or not. And a lot of people don't think I am. It depends on the scenario. This scenario is quite, quite easy for me to be able to talk. But at times going into that room, because I have introverted tendencies, it can be quite difficult for me. And that's why I'll look at things that are my strengths or something I really enjoy to do. Now, my mom is shy, quiet, and secure. And if she has to ask for a job, she will not be able to do it. She could not do that. But if she gets a chance to talk to a stranger about her grandkids or her rabbits or something, she'll do it. And she'll do it for the longest time. She was crossing the border between Canada and the U.S. the one day and then spent the next half hour talking to the border security about rabbits. Not because she was in trouble, but just because they were interested. But if she had to go talk to someone she knows about trying to find work, she wouldn't be able to do it. And so when people say, you know, I'm afraid of networking or I'm afraid of rejection, I do really understand what that's like. Because I go through it as well, too, but I don't let it bother me. And when it comes to being in those rooms of 300 people, I'm not concerned about other people and what they're doing because I'm just concerned about what I'm going to do and how many people I'm going to talk to. And I also know that sometimes it's not this connection, it's the next one or the next one, which is how I wound up here. And a lot of networking that I used to do. Um, before I even realized I was doing networking, was just talking on a more personal level. And that's really what you want to do is don't think about networking, think about connecting with people. Mm. How can I help someone else out? What is the problem that they're facing? And what can I do to help them with that issue? And if the only thing you're good, going to do is just say, well, I need to get a job and I need to connect with people to get work, it's going to be a struggle. It really is. One of the problems that people get with networking is, all right, I got to find a job. So I'm going to look online. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You start building up to all this momentum, you get the job and then people will stop all the networking. Mm. All that momentum they've been building up for months. It just stops. One of the other important things to know too is 70 to 80% of the jobs are not posted online you will not get those jobs without networking. And sometimes you might need to take a small contract to actually get something more permanent, but that might make all the difference in the world. But knowing how many jobs that are actually just posted online, and sometimes those jobs that are posted online, someone already has that job. And I know that from experience. A number of years back, I want to change careers. So I started talking to the different managers in the company about what was going on in their area. They'd seen me doing public speaking the last few months and I'd set that up. That way people could, I could get more exposure within the company. And then I went to talk to one of the managers and the manager said, uh, well, actually this is coming up and this is coming up and there's this other role. And then uh, she said, well, this is what's going on in this role. I'm like, well, I don't have this. She went, she deleted that and she goes, don't worry about it now. And, <laughs> then she said, and she said, do you want to do some cross training? 
and meet, meet some of the team. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. So before an interview even came up, <laughs> before interviewing even came up, the description was changed. I had done some cross training. So now it's going external, but my foot's already half in that door. So sometimes when you see those jobs that are posted, someone's already had already has their foot in that door for it. So it can be really difficult to get those jobs. And it's such a so great important. story. And now it's with so many more. Yeah. Um, Tom, how, how do you with work? so many more people that are unemployed. Yeah. I was just going to say, how do you work with people? So yeah. do you, you you're doing public speaking now? Are you doing coaching as well, or what? going on with um, your, your business? So what, I do, so what I do is I do some one-on-one -on -one with people yeah. and work with them about how they can network. And other times I do workshops. And what I'm just starting to do here now is people who have got their visas, now I'm going into different immigration offices to talk to them about how to network in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And it's something really important, which a lot of people don't realize is what you need to do to be able to get those jobs. So I, I do a little bit of, of a couple of things and I, I'm just starting my own different program because I've seen a gap in the market. So I don't mm. want to say too much about it yet, but I've got uh, my own little things that I, I'm working on as well too. And okay. some of that is from my experience over the last three years about how things have looked in the market. So I'm mm. trying to see, oh, where can I fit in? What can I do a little bit differently? Mm. Right. Excellent. We've got a great uh, feedback. Uh, Preeti is saying thank you for answering the question. The advice is really helpful. David said great session. Thank you again. So overall, I think you, you made really great points. And also probably for those who have not given feedback, it must have reinforced their confidence in networking. I know in COVID-19 right now, networking looks different, but I'm pretty sure that once the uh, you know, once the office starts to open, people will have the urge to have meetups and networking and meeting again. So, so yeah. you know, even though the advice that Tom uh, you know, gave or KB suggested, they may not be applicable straight away. But I think it is also important to start, you know, building your strategy around networking. I really loved one of the idea that you said around go to go to Eventbrite. Uh, you know, if you if you go to Eventbrite, just put free networking i think yes. you will come across with many many events and what i'm also hopeful is that a lot of organizations have also shifted what they used to do networking you know face to face mm -hmm. must have shifted online as well so i think i i think you got to you got to take those chances uh, you know and it is people who take those chances will will have uh, you know probably opportunities just like how my friend took the chances of going to the pub talking to people and landed for interviews. Um, you know, so I, th I think you got to find your, find the way that works for you. Try it out. I think, I think that's another thing that KB said is to, is to try it out. The water is safe. Uh, people have swam before, not, not, nothing has happened. So the water is safe. Try it out. That's my, uh, you know, big thing taking away from that. Tom, thank you very much uh, for taking oh, some time for out. Me. You know, from your parental duties, uh, you know, thank you for taking that. Uh, my question, Sorry, Tom, is you taking lessons now? Uh, not right now. Uh, 
half like when I was before COVID nineteen, half of my day was commuting, and so yeah. I just didn't have a lot of time for it. But yeah. uh, I, I do have to start them again at, at some point. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, so tomorrow we're, we've got our session, which is Ask Us Anything, and we've got Dan Nuru, he's an experienced recruiter. We've put him, going to put him on the spotlight and you can fire questions away about anything related to your job search. Um, we set up a hashtag for career care package. So if you follow the hashtag on LinkedIn, Nash, I saw we've got an extra follower on that. We're now up to five. So <laughs> somebody make it six. Um, yeah, so if you love love you to follow that, you'll get daily updates. You can watch um, watch uh, replays of this. Um, I'll also put a link in the comments to if you want to sign up to our, our um, email list to get notified daily. Tom, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on and sharing your ideas, and hopefully we can have you on again, talking networking and tips and all sorts of things because it's been um, really really insightful. Oh, I don't know. That might be horrible. No, <laughs> I, I would absolutely love it. It's excellent. It, it seems, excellent. It, 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 here is networking for the last hour, and it, yeah. it's not so painful. No, it isn't. It's, and and please reach out, to everyone. You know, just go and uh, you know connect with Tom uh, Broxham. He's got his website as well, and Tom can tell you everything. But you know, it's been pleasure, everyone. Have a good evening enjoy your evening and do whatever that you want to do see you later everyone bye bye everyone bye bye thanks thank you everyone for listening to the your career down under show hope you enjoyed today's episode if you want to know more about how your career down under can help you please reach out to us on www yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic please reach out to us we would love to do that until next time be well